Well, hello and welcome. My name is Renee Sills. I'm a consulting astrologer and a somatic educator, and my work is to bridge the languages of astrology and our embodied experiences. And I'm here today at X-Ray Studios in Portland, Oregon, recording a special episode on Saturn, the planet Saturn in astrology and information about the Saturn return and what's happening with Saturn in astrology in 2019 and 2020 and why it's so important, especially for certain people, people who are born in the late 80s, early 90s, in the late 50s, early 60s, and even the late 20s and early 30s. These are all people who are in their Saturn return right now. I have another message for people who were born in the early 80s, the late 40s, and 1915 and 1916, if you're still around and listening. Um, your astrology corresponds to some very important astrology that is happening this year. So big thanks to Larissa Cranmer for inviting me to do this episode and for helping me with the recording today. In today's episode, I'm going to start out with an introduction on astrology. How do I approach it? And what am I talking about? In part one, I'll be talking about Saturn and Saturn's meaning in astrology. In part two, I will look at the Saturn return, what this means. And in part three, I'm going to be talking about Saturn's astrology in 2019 and 2020. And then stick around for a special message uh, for people who were born in these date ranges that I mentioned earlier. I have a little bit of extra information just for you. All right, so let's get going with astrology. What is it? Some people think it's a pseudoscience. Some people think it's something to live their lives by. Astrology is probably one of the oldest practices, if not the oldest practice, of humankind on Earth. We have always looked up to the sky, to the heavens, and watched what was happening there with our lights, the sun, the moon, the wandering planets, the constellation of the stars, and wondered, what does this mean for us? So astrology is an observational practice. We observe the planetary cycles that happen on Earth, the solar cycles, the lunar cycles, and the cycles of the placements of constellations in the sky throughout the year, as well as the movement of planets uh, that can be tracked through the years. Astrology has embodied associations, and you might be interested to know that astrology, astronomy, medicine, all the foundations of Western science really share the same root. The embodied associations for astrology are called medical astrology, and these associations give rulership of planets or other lights, like the sun and the moon are not planets, but a star and a satellite, um, to different parts of our body, to different body parts, to different body functions and physiological functions. So for example, the moon is something that we see pretty much every night, unless it's a new moon. But even with the new moon, there are cycles, there are phases. These phases become rhythmic, they're regular, they're familiar. And the astrological association to the moon is to our stomachs, to our sleep cycles, um, to the ways that we recognize our home, our family, what is rhythmic, regular, and familiar. The sun gives us light. It gives us heat. Without the sun, nothing on earth would grow, including our bodies. And in astrology, the sun is a symbol of vitality. All of the planets have their own associations, the unique ways that they affect our bodies, and that early astrologers noted these effects rippling out into behaviors, into societies, into cycles of time or human activity. It might be hard to imagine now because we are pretty much always under the influence of electric light. There's a lot of light pollution, and we have, for the most part, very little connection with our sky. We might notice if it's day or if it's night, and these two parts of our lives, daytime and nighttime, are really important. They definitely influence how we feel. We might notice even what phase the moon is in, but most of us, for the most part, aren't watching the sky. We're not really watching the constellations or the planets. So astrology then becomes something that is more associated to myth. And all of these symbols of planets or constellations, as you probably know, have names and stories attached to them. These names and stories will change throughout the world. Every culture has its own astrology. 
and astrology is shared through storytelling. Storytelling is a unique form of timekeeping. It's how our mythic archetypes are absorbed into culture, how they evolve, and how they become something that we embody. A good astrologer, in my opinion, has some kind of database or collection of references. And again, this could include um, myth references, science references, cyclical references, but some kind of way that they're associating to the planetary energy. And as I mentioned, this will change throughout the world. And here we understand that astrology is an occult practice. Occult practice deals with the unknown, the unseen, the mysterious, the magical, and the mystical. It's how we communicate with our ancestors, our angels, spirit guides, or the great mystery, however you want to think about all that space that is unseen and unknown. So astrology is a divination practice as well as an observation practice and a storytelling practice. What I'm going to be doing today is drawing on my references for Saturn and its cycles. And so this includes what I've learned and studied through my mentors, through 20 years plus of reading about astrology and learning about it everywhere I possibly can, and also what I observe now as a consulting astrologer. As I talk about Saturn today, I'll do a little bit of free associating and divining meaning coming from, again, my references and my stories. So as you listen, please listen deeply. Please listen from a, a soft space that is open to the symbolism. Take what works for you. Leave the rest. If I say something to you that hits home, follow your first impression. Listen to your own intuition and make the meaning for yourself in the way that makes the most sense to you. All right, so let's begin talking about Saturn in astrology. Saturn as a planet takes 29 and a half years to orbit the sun. That means that one of Saturn's years is 29 and a half Earth years. This length of time corresponds pretty much to human development from infant to adult. The prefrontal cortex in our brains, this is the decision-making part of the brain, the part where we're able to make long-term decisions, takes about 25 years to fully develop. So at around 29 and a half years old, most people have developed somewhat of a sense of good judgment and awareness of the long-term consequences of their actions and decisions. This is in contrast to teenagers who make decisions from the amygdala. This is the emotional center of the brain. Anybody who has lived through the transition of 25 to 30 knows what I'm talking about. This is a really important moment in developmental awareness, psychology, and cognitive reasoning. You basically go from a person who makes decisions uh, from a very emotional, sometimes intuitive space, uh, to a person who's able to think forward into the future. What are the effects of your actions going to be? And what kind of a life do you want to live for yourself? Our bones stop growing in our early 20s, and collagen production starts to decline in the mid to late 20s, again in the 60s or around menopause for women. So this time period in our life is also when our bodies come into their complete form and when they actually start to break down and age. Astrologically, Saturn's effect on the body is to harden, crystallize, mature, and restrict. This planetary energy represents forces that are heavy, cold, dense, and limiting. This association in medical astrology gives Saturn rulership over our bones, joints, and skin. These places in our body, of course, are symbols of containment, our structure, our integrity, and limits. All of these words that I've just said are all associated very much to Saturn. Now you might know that your bones grow through pressure. So bones in the human body become strong and they grow into their forms because we use them, because they're in relationship to gravity. This is a really important symbol and association for Saturn as a planetary energy. What it does, astrologically speaking, or as a symbol, is it gives us pressure to grow through. The way that we work with the challenges of our lives and the way that we meet pressure leads us to focus our efforts. It lends to our maturation. It develops responsibility. It 
gives us the ability to control our force, to direct our efforts. It teaches us about conservation, and it gives us a directive. So Saturn as a planetary energy working through the embodied astrology represents age, maturity, and the cycles of maturity that we go through. As we work with Saturn, we learn to confront restriction. We learn to face fear, doubt. We learn to work through challenges. And all of this eventually can lead to us feeling more mature, more responsible, more effective, and sensing some kind of authority or mastery in our lives over our emotions, our choices, our capacities, and potentially certain talents or skills. And all of these things and experiences are part of what Saturn does through the astrological language. Now, these associations lend to Saturn as an archetypal form. Saturn is a name for Kronos. You might know Kronos through Greek mythology as the figure that has evolved into Father Time. Saturn is also associated to St. Peter in the Christian mythology. This is the guardian of the gates of heaven who weighs sins before someone or someone's spirit is admitted into heaven. So we have an image of a judge. In the Indian tradition or the Hindu or Vedic tradition, Saturn is called the Lord of Karma. And it's a figure that judges the effects of past actions and and therefore determines what path we're going to be taking in the future. In our day-to-day lives now, Saturn has rulership over people age 65 and over, grandparents, the image of a council of elders or the council of grandparents who remembers seven generations past for the benefit of the seven generations in the future. Saturn is associated to wise people, to people with authority, and people who instill respect, fear, and awe. Awe being the word included in awesome. And this feeling is a little bit of fear, a lot of respect, and the understanding that we are quite small in comparison. So Saturn's forces teach us to recognize our place in things, teaches us about hierarchies and authorities, how we earn the respect of those in power, and how we ourselves become powerful through earning respect. Through its astrological cycles, Saturn asks us to make wise decisions, to learn from past mistakes, to meet the challenges of our lives, as I mentioned before, and to prove ourselves through dedication, commitment, and merit. An important part of Saturn's association in astrology is that it's a bridge between what are called the personal and the transpersonal planets. The personal planets are the inner planets. These include the sun and the moon, which of course aren't planets, satellite and star, the planets Mercury, Venus, Mars, and Jupiter. Mercury spends a couple of weeks moving through each sign, Venus spends about a month, and Mars up to two months or so. Jupiter is the longest orbit and spends one year in every sign. Saturn spends about three years in a sign, and then after that, the outer planets, Uranus, spends about seven years in a sign, Neptune, 14 years in a sign, and Pluto, almost 20 years in a sign. Saturn as a bridge between the personal and the transpersonal planets functions as an intermediary between forces of culture and our personal lives. So in the astrological language, the transpersonal planets, the outer planets with their longer cycles, connote meaning for cultural momentum, how things are shifting around us, long phases of growth and experiences that we we go through in our lives, which then are filtered through our day-to-day or more temporary events and experiences. Here, Saturn becomes a figure of the alchemist, which is another important association for Saturn in its astrology. Alchemy, as you may associate with or may know, is an old form of magic. An alchemist will work with elemental materials to shift these elements and shift their form. What Saturn does is it works with our alchemical makeup. It works with the lineage and the karma or the inheritances that we've been given through our families, through our cultures, through the era that we're living in. 
it gives us certain experiences to go through. And again, these experiences are pressurizing, they're crystallizing, they're restricting. As we move through those kinds of experiences, we become refined and our efforts become effective. Saturn helps us to transform and transfer the effects of culture, some kind of inspiration or intuition that we might call a spiritual association, or something even more abstract, such as the idea of destiny, into our personal power, agency, and effectiveness. You might have heard about the Saturn return. So the Saturn return is when the planet Saturn returns to the place in the sky it was when you were born. As I mentioned, Saturn has about a 29 and a half year cycle, but it spends about three years in every sign. So depending on where Saturn was when you were born, you'll have your Saturn return for the first time somewhere between 27 and 32 years of age. The Saturn return happens for everybody around the ages of 30, 60, and 90. And this is when Saturn returns to the same part of the sky it was when you were born. So at 30 years old, as I had discussed earlier, your body and your brain have formed. Your physical structure has hardened. You are capable at this point of making quote-unquote adult decisions. Your habits start to settle in. This is the age that many people become parents, that they do very adult things like purchase homes or start families or take jobs that they're going to work at for a while. At this time in our lives, we need to determine our strengths. We need to figure out what we're actually committed to. A lot of us are going to be closing doors in our late 20s and early 30s. We're shutting down some possibilities so that we can focus on others. This is a really important time to accept responsibility for ourselves. Not everything is the parents' fault or the culture's fault. We actually have quite a lot of agency and power, and we're going to develop this into something that we're going to work with throughout our adulthood. In the 60s, people's bodies and brains start to break down. And this doesn't mean that any kind of disability happens at that age, but literally it's when the body tissues start to break down. People start to shift away from the control or the effect that they've had throughout their younger life and start to move into different roles. And these roles may have to do with advising or supporting younger generations or coming into the roles of grandparents or other kinds of advisors. At this age, we need to refine our strengths. We need to figure out what our commitments are for this phase of life and how we want to assume the roles of elder people. We want to find ways to offer our judgment, perspective, and memories to the past so that the future can benefit. And then the third Saturn return, which happens at 90, if we've managed to live for that long, is definitely a preparation for the end of life. The brain and body at this point are definitely breaking down quite a lot, and many people need to let go completely of their agency and effectiveness. In these last years, we make some of our last gestures of commitment, and it's very important at this time to pass on messages to younger people, and for many folks, this is a time when cleaning and clearing out the residue or the accumulated effect of their life becomes a very important task. So the Saturn return has a feeling of somberness to it. There's a seriousness in Saturn's energy, and this is part of the reason why it gets a bad rap, and lots of people are kind of scared of it. You'll hear people talking about the Saturn return with a sense of dread. However, when we work skillfully with Saturn, we actually become agents of our own lives. We assume our own responsibility for our skills and also for our weaknesses. Working with Saturn gives us the possibility of refining our skills and strengths into what will be the most effective for our lives. Saturn, in its association to the Lord of Time or the Lord of Karma, teaches us to learn from our past mistakes, to learn from our past actions, to evolve, to mature. This is wonderful energy, and it's something that all of us who are living on Earth really need to do. Earth is a very important realm for Saturn, and many astrologers will tell you that Saturn is the guardian of Earth. 
It's on Earth in our terrestrial existence that we have to learn how to work with our own energy as beings who are intuitive, creative, and inspired. Through Saturn, we learn to turn our energy into form. And please remember this when you think about the Saturn return. These are important thresholds and gateways. Once we walk through them, we can never go back, we'll never be the same. But in walking through them, we learn so much, and we can potentially come into places of pretty awesome empowerment. Now, it is true that Saturn can inspire dread, and the feeling of Saturn is never easy. That's not what it does. Saturn gives us challenge. It gives us restriction. It asks us to face our fears. Even those of us who are the most adept with astrology and think that we know everything to expect, we still need to go through these phases. Understanding how Saturn is working in your chart can lend a different kind of ease or at least trust in the process. And I hope that anybody who's listening, who's going through their Saturn return, or who's about to go through their Saturn return, hears this. This is an important time for you. You will be tested. You will be challenged. At certain points, you might want to quit. You might think that you can't go on, but you will make it through stronger you will make it through more empowered, and you will make it through with a clearer sense of what you're here for. So who's in their Saturn return right now? This includes people who were born between February 14th, 1988 and June 12th, 1988. I know that's just a few months, but that was when Saturn made its first ingress into the sign Capricorn, where it currently is, and then it went into a retrograde. Retrograde is an apparent phenomena when the planet appears to move backwards. It moves back into the sky we call Sagittarius. Saturn re-entered Capricorn in November 13, 1988 and stayed there until February 7, 1991. People who are in their second Saturn return include people born between January 6, 1959 and January 4, 1962. And if there's anybody listening who was born between December 1st, 1929 and February 25th, 1932, with a couple of dates taken out again for Saturn's retrograde between February 25th, 1932 and August 14th, 1932, you are also in your Saturn return. For those of you born in the date ranges I just mentioned, this means that you were born when Saturn was in the sign Capricorn. Saturn is currently in Capricorn. It entered the sign on December 20th, 2017, and it will leave the sign on December 17th, 2020. Now again, because of retrograde, Saturn will make an ingress into the next sign, Aquarius, on March 22nd, 2020, but then will station retrograde and move back into Capricorn on July 2nd, 2020. So pretty much Saturn is in Capricorn December 20th, 2017 through December 17th, 2020. In astrology, the signs are associated to the planets. So the sign Capricorn is actually associated to Saturn. In Western astrology, Capricorn is considered to be ruled by Saturn. And that means that the elements of Capricorn are embodied or encapsulated in Saturn's effect. Now, Saturn actually is the planetary ruler of two signs. It is also considered to be the ruler of Aquarius, which of course comes directly after Capricorn. Capricorn is an earth sign, and it's one of the cardinal signs. That means that it begins a season. The season of Capricorn begins at the winter solstice. Capricorn is an earth sign. Earth always relates to the material, to the form, to the body. Capricorn, as a sign associated to Saturn, is a sign of forms, of buildings, of orders, authorities. It is the way that structures are built over time. Capricorn and Saturn are both closely associated to age and maturity. Things that are built slowly over time include mountains and mountain ranges, old-growth forests, but also things like governments and institutions that are formed and then build slowly over decades. The following sign, Aquarius, is an air sign, and it's considered to be a fixed sign. That means it happens at the middle of a season. All the air signs have to do with communication, concept, language, and the way that humans relate through the sharing of information. Fixed air is the way that thoughts, language, and ideologies become fixed in our thought forms. 
So Aquarius has rulership over concepts or ideologies. This is how social forms and thought forms become embodied. Aquarius is associated to social orders and to groupthink. Aquarius is also associated to freedom and the ways that we have revelations or revolutions as thought forms change. With both signs, Saturn is associated to work, labor, commitment, and a kind of fortitude or strength that is developed when options close and we have to focus. In Capricorn, Saturn is specifically associated to orders and authority and the ways that things become structured over time. In Aquarius, Saturn is specifically associated to the more ephemeral forms of social orders or the way that group ideologies function through language and through thought. As I mentioned, Saturn is currently transiting through Capricorn, and in 2020, Saturn will move into Aquarius. This transit brings quite a lot of momentum to the growth and the structures and the restructuring of structures, particularly governmental forms, forms of authority, and forms of dominance. In 2020, Saturn will lend its structuring, crystallizing energy into thought forms and social orders. Since 2017, when Saturn entered Capricorn, its energy has started to combine with the planetary energy of Pluto. Pluto entered Capricorn in 2008. Pluto, as an astrological symbol, represents the dying process of something. It is how we decompose what composts and the regenerative energy that death gives to life. Now, in nature, death is, and of course, humans have our own complex and very fraught relationship with death. And so therefore, Pluto is also a representation of all of the things that we do to avoid death and the ways that we work with our own experiences of death. This includes control, manipulation, violence, oppression, and other ways that power becomes subverted, manipulated, and uh, twisted inside of ourselves. As we work with Pluto, we become agents of our own transformation. We move through fear in a very radical and complete way and learn about how to work with more shadowy or repressed energies to empower ourselves and to empower others. As Pluto moves through Capricorn, as I mentioned since 2008, it is a symbol of the dying process of forms, authority, and the shadow and hell realms as well as the potential transformation of governance, traditions, and rulers. Pluto is one of the furthest outer planets, no longer technically considered a planet. Pluto has a 248-year orbit around the sun. The last time Pluto was in Capricorn was in 1776. And you might remember that this is when the United States pretty much was born as an idea and when the Declaration of Independence was signed. So I was just talking about the Saturn return. Pluto returning to Capricorn is a symbol of the United States having its Pluto return. Now, all the things that I mentioned about Saturn return for people, take that and magnify it by the power of a thousand and think about that as a symbol for an entire country or an entire nationality. Pluto will transit Capricorn until 2025. As I mentioned, Pluto entered the sign in 2008 pretty much simultaneously with the downfall of some big banks and the economic recession. As Pluto and Saturn come together in the sky, they are forming a very important aspect. In astrology, this is called a conjunction. When the planetary energies of two planets or two or more planets combine. If you consider the energies of Saturn and Pluto, as I've just talked about them, they will be combining in their influence all of 2019 and all of 2020. That means that the dying process and the transformational potential of Pluto is meeting the structuring organizational capacity of Saturn. Their conjunction is exact January 6th through 14th, 2020 at 22 degrees of Capricorn. For anybody listening who is an avid or an amateur astrologer, I encourage you to look at your natal chart and to see if you have any important placements around 22 degrees of Capricorn, as well as the other cardinal signs. 
These are the signs that begin seasons. These signs include Cancer, Aries, and Libra, as well as Capricorn. So if you have natal planets around 22 degrees of any of these signs, this conjunction is going to be an especially important and impacting one for you. Now, lots of astrologers are theorizing on what the effects of Saturn and Pluto will be in 2020. I myself spend a lot of time theorizing and contemplating what this aspect means for me, for the people that I love, for this planet, and for the country that I live in. There are a lot of potential avenues I could go down in interpreting these meanings. I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to leave it to you to imagine. But I do want to state the obvious, which is that we are at a very critical moment as human beings living on Earth. There are a lot of structures that are transforming right now. Structures of authority, structures of government, structures of the Earth itself. We have the need to restructure a lot of these forms, authority, governance, economics, how we live, how we identify ourselves through our nationality, through our allegiances. These are all huge themes on the planet right now. They'll continue to be huge themes over the next couple of years. And what we decide collectively will impact our future greatly. So the Saturn-Pluto conjunction of 2019 and 2020 is a symbol for the times. As you consider these symbols, consider them for yourself. How do you want to play a part in history as it's being made? Over the summer of 2019, the winter of 2019, and into the summer of 2020, we have a couple really special events happening in Capricorn and its opposite sign, Cancer, and these events are called eclipses. So eclipses are phenomena that happen because of the relationship between the Earth, Sun, and the Moon, where at a solar eclipse, the Moon will move between the Earth and the Sun, effectively kind of blocking the Sun from our sight here on Earth. And at a lunar eclipse, the shadow of the Earth moves between the sun and the moon, forming kind of a, a blocking of the illumination of the sun against the surface of the moon. Eclipses are powerful energy. They are really amazing visual phenomena. I'm sure you can imagine how our ancestors have related with eclipses, seeing them, feeling them. If you were in the United States, uh, close to the Pacific Northwest, where the X-ray studios are um, in the summer of 2017, maybe you even saw the solar eclipse that was visible across the northern United States that year. Astrologically, eclipses represent the movement of karma and the shifting of karmic cycles. These are when our two primary lights, the sun and the moon, the two closest, most personal lights, cross with one another. This is a symbol or a representation of a resetting, a closing, or a beginning of a new cycle. Karma is something that a lot of people talk about in a really kind of sparkly way. They relate it to the idea of destiny. I understand karma as something more practical, which is the residual effect of past actions. Karma can include the karma that you inherit through your lineage, through your ancestry, or through your culture, as well as the karma that you create through your decisions, through your behaviors, and your sentiments. At times of eclipses, what we find is that karma quote-unquote, ripens. This is a time when um, the residual effect of our past behaviors or past actions becomes really noticeable. These are times when a lot of people experience breakdowns or breakthroughs. Something becomes really obvious. We have to change. Often, I find that these changes have actually been in the work for a while. There may have been some kind of intuition or instinct that something isn't working, a growing desire for change. The truth is that a lot of us fear change, and it's something that can be really hard to initiate in our own lives. And so sometimes eclipses can coincide with dramatic events in our external lives that force us onto a different path. 
Later, we might look back at these times with relief and some kind of amazement or gratitude that this change happened. We know that it was a necessary change and one that we weren't about to make on our own. When we say that eclipses happen during a certain season, again, this has to do with Western astrology and how Western astrology divides the year into the signs. So when I'm saying that eclipses are happening in these signs, it means that they are happening at these times of year. We had the first eclipse in Cancer last summer, July 12th, 2018, and that was a solar eclipse in Cancer. We had another solar eclipse, this time in Capricorn, on January 5th, 2019. Coming up soon, we'll have a solar eclipse on July 2nd, 2019, a lunar eclipse in Capricorn on July 16th, 2019. And next summer, there will be the last eclipses in this range, which include a solar eclipse in Cancer on June 21st, that's in 2020, and a lunar eclipse in Capricorn on July 5th, 2020. When you hear astrologers talk about eclipses, you'll hear them talk about what are called the North and the South Node. These places have to do with the polarity axis of the moon and how the moon is coming into relationship with the Earth's orbit. The north and the south node are basically where eclipses happen in an astrology chart. In terms of astrological meaning for these two placements, the south node signifies karma that is ripening. This is the past action. This is what we're done with. It's something that we need to let go of and also what we're learning from. The north node in its opposition signifies what we have to move towards. This is the compelling uh, space and what we are being propelled towards. Currently, the North Node is in Cancer and the South Node is in Capricorn. I've talked quite a bit about Capricorn in terms of its association to rules, governance, authority, dominance, structures that build slowly over time. Capricorn's opposite sign, Cancer, is a water sign. It's also a cardinal sign. This is the beginning of the summer season in the Northern Hemisphere. The water element astrologically is the feeling element, the emotional element. Cancer is a sign that relates very much to our personal sentiments, to our feelings, and particularly to the feelings that we have with people that we're close to, otherwise known as bonds. So the way that we create bonds with others, that we create family, that we create home, has a lot to do in turn with how we build structures, how we build nations, and the rules that we have to follow. Family is what contains us. It it's what gives us safety, ideally. It's the place where we can return to and the place where we know ourselves. These are people that we claim and people who claim us. Most of us have experiences with larger families that we're a part of, our cultures and communities, etc., where we have to follow rules. We have to fit into certain expectations and we're prescribed our specific set of ambitions or ways that we're expected to behave in order to maintain our status in our families. So the eclipses in Cancer Capricorn offer us some unique opportunities to reset habits around familiarity, safety, familiness, our emotions, and how we feel at home in the world, and to let go of old ideas of authority, old rules, ways that we've been um, trained or entrained to behaviors that may not match our current emotional realities. The way that I'm interpreting these eclipses is that we're being asked to become more empathic, more emotional, to extend the sentiment of family much broader than our biological families or the families of our chosen communities or given cultures. This is a time when we really need to question authority forms and question the structures that have kept us from feeling familial with people who are different than us. So that concludes my story for you about Saturn in astrology and Saturn in Capricorn, its current transit, its meetup with Pluto in 2019 and 2020, and how to work with the eclipse energy of this year. For this special segment, I'm going to be talking about people who are really 
extra influenced by Saturn's transit through Capricorn and the Saturn-Pluto conjunction in 2020. So the first group of people that I want to give a message to are people going through their Saturn returns right now. If you listen to part one, you know who you are. These are people who are born between 1988 and 1991. Now, because of retrograde, there was a period of time in this date range when Saturn was not in Capricorn. So Saturn had ingressed Capricorn on February 14th, 1988, and then it turned retrograde and actually left Capricorn. It went back into the previous sign, Sagittarius, on June 12th, 1988. And then it turned direct and moved back into Capricorn on November 13th, 1988, and it was there through February 7th, 1991. So you all were born, of course, when Saturn was in Capricorn, but this was also a really special moment in astrological history because Uranus and Neptune were also in Capricorn. So Uranus as an astrological symbol is a symbol of revolution, upheaval, sudden change, and innovation. Uranus is associated to electricity, to invention, to revolutions, and revolutionaries. Neptune is a planet that's associated with dreaminess, with druggedness, with forgetfulness, with the feeling of reality being very ephemeral and slippery. Um, wherever Neptune is, it dissolves separation, it makes things seem unreal, and it increases our intuition, potentially. The planetary effect of Uranus and Neptune in Capricorn in the late 80s and early 90s was the kind of breaking and dissolving of the traditional forms. And so just to recap, Capricorn is a sign that's associated to governments, governance, authority, and structures that are built slowly over time, and traditions. So in the late 80s, early 90s, there was a lot of cultural movement around breaking, dissolving, revolutionizing old governance, old forms, and traditions. And people who were born during this time are the agents as they evolve and um, mature, become adults in their lives, of breaking, dissolving, revolutionizing our traditional forms and structures. You all are responsibility for dreaming the new dreams, for intuiting, for using your magic. A lot of you are people who are really interested in astrology, or you read tarot, or you've come across some other kind of form of divination or connection with magic and intuition. This is a really... Um, big trend and popular movement in people in their late 20s right now, people who are going through their Saturn returns. I just want to say that I fully believe in your magic. You have astrological signatures of people who have had many lifetimes of being magicians, of being sorcerers, of knowing how to work with alchemical energy in order to change forms, to shift consciousness, and create some kind of revolution or shift in our realities and awareness. During your Saturn returns, it is important that you define what you're committed to, what you want to be in service towards, and how you want to harness and use your power and agency to affect change in the world. You're a group of people who is extremely creative. A lot of you are really revolutionary. You're bringing new ideas to the forefront. Uh, a great symbol for people in their Saturn returns right now is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who, of course, is one of the new um, leaders that we've recently elected who's championing the Green New Deal. There's a lot of folks in this age range who are becoming amazing leaders, who are using their intelligence, their creativity, and their empathy for wonderful causes. So I want to give a special shout out to you and say that the eclipses that we're having are really important for your natal placements, for the generational placements. Please pay attention to what's happening in the world right now. The current events are impacting all of us. They're impacting you in particular. This is the world that you're inheriting. You're coming into your adulthood right now. 
what kind of world are you going to make it into? What do you want to do with what you are inheriting? You are just about to become the adults, the people in charge, and the people who have some power. So I really want to encourage you to use your power, and as I mentioned with the eclipses, to remember your feelings, to honor your feelings, and to relate and connect with one another from places of empathy and compassion. And remember that empathy and compassion is such an important part of power. The other groups of people that I want to give a special shout out to are people who were born during previous phases of Saturn conjunct Pluto. So Saturn conjunct to Pluto happens every 30, 36 years or so. And the last couple of phases include um, the years 1915 and to 1916. 1946 to 1948, and 1981 to 1983. So these are times when Saturn and Pluto were conjunct. Now, just saying those date ranges, you might have some associations that come up pretty immediately. Of course, 1915, 1916, um, this was the period of time during World War I. 1946 to 1948 included um, the period of time just after uh, World War II, which ended in 1945, but the Cold War began in 1947. And in the early 80s, in 1981 and 1983, there were several wars occurring throughout the world, and many of them were U.S.-backed wars, specifically in the Middle East, Iran, Iraq, Lebanon, and Central and South America, and El Salvador and Nicaragua. These are really important times historically as well for the U.S. economy. World War I opened up a lot of new markets, specifically markets that had to do with the industry that comes out of war. In 1943 to 1945, President Harry Truman was working on the Fair Deal and the New Deal. Um, and this included a call for an expanded Social Security, better wages, a shorter working week, a limit of working hours, public housing legislation, the Fair Employment Act, etc. And the economic policies of the 1950s uh, took advantage of the increased economic capacity, of course, brought through World War II. In 1981 to 1983, Ronald Reagan was president of the United States, and you may be familiar with Ronald Reagan's economic policies, also called Reaganomics. Uh, these policies cut taxes on businesses and high-income earners, as well as taxes on capital gains and dividends. And uh, his policies also cut funding to social services, such as public housing, education, etc., so this did result in an economic boom for the U.S., as well as a decrease in social services, in the livability or the happiness and general wellness of the U.S. population who were not high earners or protected by Reagan's new policies. These periods of time were also periods of time when there were really important questions about sovereignty, nationhood, and who belongs and who doesn't. Now, as we are in this uh, current moment of astrology, so again, Saturn and Capricorn from 2017 to 2022, and the conjunction of Saturn-Pluto that is exact in uh, 2020, we're experiencing a lot of the same themes. So the potential of global war, many wars currently um, happening, the shifting of economies and new economic policies. We are experiencing a lot of environmental devastation, and there's quite an emphasis right now on borders and human welfare and who belongs, who doesn't belong, um, people being kept in detention centers and concentration camps. As I mentioned in part one, Saturn and Pluto coming together is an alignment and harmonizing of these two planetary energies. Pluto as an energy that kills, transforms, and breakdowns, and Saturn as an energy that formalizes and brings into authority. As we move into the Saturn-Pluto conjunction of 2020, we can see what themes are present, but we don't know yet what the outcome will be. There's a lot of potential, there's a lot of momentum for people who are working for expanded borders, for the Green New Deal, for liberatory and progressive policies. In my shout out to people who were born when Saturn was conjunct Pluto, 
specifically folks who are born in the early 80s, uh, those of you who are in your mid-30s right now, and people who are born in the 40s, those of you who are in your 70s right now, this is a really important time for you in your power. For people who are in their mid-30s right now, you are in places in your lives when you have quite a bit of agency, you have quite a bit of energy, you have momentum. Many of you are parents yourselves. Um, You're shaping the future right now. You're shaping policy. Many of you have money to spend. You have influence to lend. This is the time to do it. This is the time to use your power. For those of you in your 70s, this is the time for you to seed power. This is the time for you to offer your economic support to the people who are younger than you and to influence any other folks in your community um, to use their social and economic support to encourage policies and practices that will sustain the future. All right. Well, if you are interested in learning more about what this all means, Saturn in Capricorn, Saturn conjunct Pluto in Capricorn, and the power of these eclipses in 2019 and 2020, then I would encourage you to get your chart read. A natal chart astrology reading is one of the most amazing experiences, of course, if you find a good astrologer to work with. It's a really incredible way of validating your own experience, of contextualizing your life experiences, what you're going through presently, affirming your intuition, and gaining new perspective and ideas for how to work with the challenges and the opportunities of your life. If you're listening from Portland, then you're listening from the home of the Portland School of Astrology, which is one of the only um, full-length astrology tutelage programs in the country. And so they offer a one-year beginning astrologers course and a second and third year continuing education course. They've got a really talented faculty and a wonderful group of alumni who are all available to read your chart. Of course, I offer chart readings and I also live in Portland and you can find out more about the kinds of astrology that I work with at embodiedastrology.com. And you can follow me as well on Instagram. I post pretty regular astro updates throughout the week. I produce podcasts every new moon and every full moon to work with the lunar energy and the lunar cycle. And I also put out extended podcasts and audio horoscopes for all 12 signs at the beginning of the zodiac months. So these uh, zodiac months start around the 20th, 21st, 22nd of every calendar month. The audio horoscopes are almost 20 minutes of information for every sign. So please check it out. I'm available as a consulting astrologer online with Zoom meetings and also in person from Portland. And again, my website is embodiedastrology.com.